Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotel's family of 22 brands has over 7,400 locations and the perfect hotel for any traveler you want to be. Like a Cambria Hotel, serving up locally inspired craft cocktails for all my folks who maybe want to meet up and talk about Mad Royals. Check into a Radisson Hotel with flexible workspaces for you strivers who listen during business travel. Or a Comfort Hotel with free hot breakfast, family-friendly pools, and big spacious rooms for the parents who listen with their kids and need a little retreat. What are you waiting for? Join Choice Privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you when you book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Happy Friday. I'm Tracy B. Wilson. I'm Holly Fry. This week we talked about Project Paperclip, also known as Operation Paperclip. And we have once again come to those uh, one of those points where by the time people hear this behind the scenes, this issue will be totally solved. But at the moment, it's a little <laughs> bit of a mystery uh, when I will get uh, the episode about some specific scientists and engineers and other specialists who are part of this program done. I It'll probably be the next episode. Um, but number one, I'm getting my second COVID vaccine tomorrow. Woo! Number two, uh, you and I are going to take a, a break. The show's not taking a break. Right. We are each taking a break. You won't even know we're not here, but... Right. Because uh, we have, have backfilled and made sure we have new episodes ready to go. Yeah. It just means that I don't want to promise that the next, the literal second <laughs> half of this episode might be about Project Paperclip Scientists. Um. Yeah, it really did become clear to me at about 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon, oh, this is not going to just be one episode. It's going to have to be two. And unlike normally when I'm doing a two-part something, both parts are not already written. Only one of them is. It happens once in a while. I read two different books as part of this research. 
So uh, in addition to all the books that we mentioned at the very end of the episode that were written in the, uh, like, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, um, I also read Annie Jacobson's Operation Paperclip, The Secret Intelligence Program That Brought Nazi Scientists to America, and that came out in 2014. And I also read uh, Brian Krim's Our Germans, Project Paperclip, and The National Security State, and that came out in 2018. Um, and both of those books were really possible because so much information about all of this has been declassified uh, in the years since the first books about it were written. Um, so people who want to research this have a lot more available information uh, now than before. Also, uh, as I was reading, particularly Annie Jacobson's book, because she profiles a lot of the specific scientists who were really the most notorious, um, there are a lot of just horrific atrocities that some of the people who either made their way to the U.S. or were considered to be brought to the U.S. were involved in. Yeah, it's a little bit mind-boggling. I know for me, even though I have have known that this was an ongoing thing, I still have those moments where I go, we're still uncovering stuff. Yeah. (laughs) This far later, especially... I think it feels especially surprising because there has been so much scholarship around World War II, post-World War II, all of these things, and yet we continue to have new information appear. And we have to continue to acknowledge that some information is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is just a a little bit tricky to wrap one's head around, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The mental gymnastics, even at the time, that... um, that the people involved with planning this program had to kind of go through to to move from the idea of uh, we'll interview and work with people while they're still in Germany to we'll bring people to the U.S. for a temporary, like, let's say, six-month contract. They will be supervised, and then they'll go back to Germany. Uh, and then to go from that to uh, these scientists can get American citizenship basically taking up spots or getting magical new spots that could have been given to somebody who had been displaced by the war, somebody who had survived the Holocaust. Um, I I don't know, sometimes people get mad when we say our personal opinions on the show. (laughs) My personal opinion is whatever national security concern that was used to justify that was not enough. Like... There were other choices that could have been made. Uh, yeah, it's just it's a a a weird thing. It's also a good. I don't know if it's a good reminder. It's a reminder to me that um, you know, every big thing, whether it is a conspiracy or a great movement or any any other kind of watershed event or or organization in history is composed of a bunch of humans who are fallible and who can talk themselves into things that they sort of intellectually might know they should not but somehow psychologically we're able to get over some fairly weird barriers at times um yeah yeah that's always a a difficult thing to try to put yourself in that headspace of like, I don't know, how how do you get to, no, I think it's okay. This guy is important enough that even though he's horrible, we want him on our side. What? 
but it's happened many times. So we know that like that that mental shift can happen for people that we might consider very smart and well thinking. Um, yeah, that's always that's where it gets really murky and slightly terrifying for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I'm like, I'm not always well thinking. What am I capable of? <laughs> right. Yeah. Most likely the literal next thing people are going to hear right now is more on the same subject. We'll see. We shall see. So when we left off our previous half of this behind the scenes, uh, we weren't sure what was coming next. And it was like, it might be an episode on people who were involved in Operation Paperclip, but we don't really know, and we're both going to take a week off. We have now had a week off, and the mystery is solved. (laughs) We did indeed follow the previous episode on Operation Paperclip with an episode on four people who were part of it. <laughs> uh, which is just a whole weird thing. And it's always it's always weird when we have a week off and we come back to look at things that we started working on before we left. It's particularly weird to do that and then also have an earlier episode that is already recorded and is connected to the thing that we took a, a week off yeah. in the middle of working on. Yeah. It's also just weird to take a week off at this point, right? I mean... Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's exciting. Yeah, my my week off was largely a week dedicated to doing things I just haven't had the capacity to do while also working. So, like, thoroughly cleaning the kitchen. (laughs) Nice. Calling to make appointments for things that need to be done around our house, things like that. See, I I went to Disney World. (laughs) Yeah. Once we once we hit fully vaccinated status, I felt okay going. Um, yeah, you are fully vaccinated, and as of when we are recording this, I will be fully vaccinated tomorrow. Woo! It's really exciting. It is. It's actually been. It's kind of funny, right? We had talked about it, my husband and I. Like, okay, we are planning a trip. Um, maybe once we reach fully vaccinated status, in that that brief time between when we're fully vaccinated and when we leave, we should, like, go out and test the waters, right? We should go to a restaurant. We should maybe just go to, like, a mall and walk around and see how that feels. Because Disney is, like, crowds. I mean, it's it's, even it's with the reduced capacity that they're doing, we kind of were a little afraid and built in for ourselves. If we get there and we're there for two days and we freak out, we can come home and it's okay. <laughs> like, we'll just yeah. get in the car and come home. Um but we didn't get around to doing any of that because we had a lot of other stuff coming up. And like, as you know, anytime you're trying to get ready to go on vacation, you're getting a million work things squared away. So we didn't. So it was a little bit of like, here's the deep end. Um, but it was lovely. I have to give uh, Disney World some kudos because they are, for for the most part in our experience, they are definitely enforcing masking guidelines and, and distancing the way they're handling cues for rides. I I hope they do it forever because um, people aren't cramming up against each other and it's a much more enjoyable <laughs> experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is all lighter fare than our, our show this week. <laughs> yeah, our show this week was not lighter fare at all. And um, it was a tough one to work on, not just because of the horrific aspects of uh, of what happened in uh, in Nazi Germany and German-occupied territories during World War II. Like, in addition to that, just sort of reading about these ho- horrific things, 
a lot of the information about all of this is just really spread out uh, in, among all of these different sources. And so sort of piecing things together and confirming things um, was more time-consuming and, and unwieldy than it often is. Like there, like uh, like we said in the episode itself, like there's a ton of information about Werner von Braun. S- some of it uh, doesn't reference the fact that there were any questions about his Nazi involvement at all, which is a little weird. But like, there's just a ton of it. But for the other folks that we talked about, there was it just took a lot more digging and cross-referencing to try to make sure that I had everything right and to, like, reference back to primary documents as much as possible. Um, It was just, it was all kind of a tangle. And deciding which people to talk about also kind of a challenge. I knew, obviously, I was going to talk about Werner von Braun. Like, that was a given from the beginning. But, like, deciding which other people to talk about on the show was a little trickier. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just one of those things where I, I can't help... I can't quite shut down my, like, I don't know if it's an empathy synapse or what, but, like, I just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around how people can do some of the things that were done in, that we talked about, um, and, like, still sleep at night. So it's, it's hard. Was most of your process of elimination to select the ones that we talked about, about level of available information, or did you edit like, to try to keep it balanced and not too horrific, but still indicative of the situation. Yeah, I wanted to um, provide some more detail about some of the folks that we had talked about in the Operation Paperclip episode. Um, so that that was a deciding factor. The availability of information was also a factor because in some cases it was like, here is just a paragraph of this person and what they were suspected of and what they did uh, as part of Operation Paperclip. And it was just, like, wasn't really enough to really explain or give context. It was sort of like, here's four sentences summing this up. Um, and then uh, I really went back and forth about Hubertus uh, Strughold because he, um, I feel like ha- he has some some question marks and... There are a lot of folks who are just absolutely convinced that he was directly involved uh, with or at least knew extreme details about all of these experiments and that as a result, um, he should just sort of be stricken from uh, the honors and awards that that he earned during his, his career. And then there are other people who are like, all of this is really circumstantial. Some of the things, some of the folks that have written about him have like, as I said in the episode, conflated multiple different uh, German institutes as one thing when it seems like they were not actually operating that way. But then also, like, his... The the fact that he has continued to be removed from the names of honors and awards and things like that, that's something that has continued to be discussed into, like, the last five years. So I felt like I couldn't just skip over him because I felt like I had the least clear opinion about what his involvement actually was by the time I was done researching it. Well, it becomes a good indicator, right, of the complexity of unfurling all of this, particularly when we know that a lot of things have been edited, stricken from the record, redacted, etc. His case, I think, really is, like I said, it makes a good example of, like, this is not easy history to pull apart. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I think uh, for a lot of us, um, would really like to believe that had we been alive in Germany in the 1930s, if uh, we were basically told you're going to join the Nazi party or you're going to, like, be on the list of people who are going to be targeted. Right. Uh, I think a lot of us, like, safe in our 2021, safe is in quotation marks, 2021 is not that safe for a lot of people, but, like, I think a lot of us want to believe the the best in ourselves, that we would be like, okay, I'm never joining the Nazi party, you're just going to have to kill me. And, like, the reality is that that's not the decision that a lot of people wind up making. Right. Um, And so it's like... It it seems likely to me that, yeah, probably there were a lot of people that came through Operation Paperclip who had basically been like, I'm signing my name to this piece of paper so that my family and I have a chance of surviving this war. And they had no, oh, no other involvement uh, in the Nazi party, really. But, like, there were definitely a lot of others who were either involved in or or highly complicit in horrific, horrific things. Some of these were never going to know the truth. A lot of them yeah. were never going to know the truth. Yeah. Which is always a hard thing to accept. Right. I feel like that is a downer place to end <laughs> this week's behind the scenes. I mean, that's history is a downer sometimes. Like, yes. Whenever we say that, we get people who email us to uh, to let us know that they know that, yes, history is often uh, horrific in parts. Um so, I think the next thing I work on, I will try to pick something that is a little less horrific. A little peppier? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, if you would like to write to us, we're History Podcast at iHeartRadio.com. Uh, we're also on social media at Missed in History. Whatever is coming up for folks' weekends, I hope that's as uh, pleasant and restful as possible. Um, if you're working, again, I hope everyone is great to you at your job. And we'll be back soon with classics and new episodes. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. 
or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.